Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. The attack came out of the sky on Sunday morning, December 7th, 1941. The surprise attack, which caught the U.S. completely off guard, had been launched from 200 miles north of Pearl Harbor from the decks of six aircraft carriers belonging to the Japanese Imperial Navy. In less than two hours, Japanese airmen destroyed or damaged 19 U.S. Navy ships, including eight battleships. Only six U.S. planes managed to get into the air to defend against their Japanese attackers. On this Memorial Day weekend, we remember the 2,403 American lives taken, including 68 civilians, and the 1,145 wounded. It was the most humbling defeat ever suffered by American forces. The attack had tremendous consequences, and it would yield so many more lives given for our freedoms. We remember the sacrifices that all have made in wars gone before. But as you think of this, there's a theme that came out of this particular attack and battle and loss of life. Responsibility for America's unpreparedness has never been completely defined about that morning at Pearl Harbor. Most military historians submit that America's leaders were convinced that Japan would never dare attack primarily because its navy and economy were too weak to wage a major war. We should never underestimate our enemy or the without warning changing circumstances of life. You never know what can hit and when. It's in those moments when we learn to cry out to God and trust Him for His help. And we need the Lord's help indeed. I want you to take your Bibles and stand with me as we turn together to Psalm 107. Psalm 107, find your place there. We're going to read the first and second verse and the last verse of this psalm. Read it with me aloud, please. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Notice verse 43. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Read it aloud with me as we read it again. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. The loving kindness of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. The theme of God's goodness is found woven seven times throughout Psalm 107. It is bookend with the goodness of God in verse 1 and verse 43. We who are the redeemed, having experienced the goodnesses and the mercies of God, surely know and declare that He is good. The loving kindness of God speaks of His mercies, His goodness, His beauties toward us. 
The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 that he hath made all things beautiful in his time. God wants us to learn that no matter what we face and no matter what attack may come into our lives, that we can always look to him, look for him, and learn of his wisdom, his ways, and his workings in our lives. All of that will ultimately demonstrate to us his heart of goodness toward us, even in our perplexities, even in our pain. There is a God in heaven who knows us, and he knows what's going on, and nothing ever catches him off guard or by surprise. All of our troubles, all of our trials are father-filtered. They must first pass through the hands of a loving, sovereign, providential God. That's what this psalm talks about, the providence of God. His workings on behalf of his children. Writers believe perhaps this is a reminder of how God delivered his people from Babylonian captivity. And how God gathered them and God sustained them and God protected them and God continually delivered them when they cried unto him. I want you to underline a word here and I want you to think about it. It's in verse 6, it's the word then. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. It's in verse 6. Notice verse 13, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Verse 19, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. Verse 28, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. Then, I want you to write this down, number one. If you're going to look for God in your trial, learn of his goodness, you're going to experience his goodness and the understanding of his loving kindness by crying out to him in times of distress. God oftentimes brings us to the end of ourselves, to the end of our circumstances. The pressure is intense. It bears down upon us to bring us to a place to where then... <laughs> There is nowhere else to turn. There is no other option to consider. God must intervene. And when we cry, he hears our cry. Aren't you glad for that this morning? God hears the cries of his children. I don't know where you're at, but you may not be at then yet. You may not be there yet at then, the then moment of your life, then. Oh, I've prayed before, and I've said, Lord, help me. But then there are times when I actually really prayed. I really cried unto the Lord. Oh, how with all of my heart, I said, God in heaven, you must intervene here, Lord. You must help me. Oh, God, please. Lord, I have nowhere else to turn. I don't know what to do, Lord. I'm desperate. How many of you have ever been in a desperate situation? Truly desperate. 
God had to intervene or there was no hope. God reminds you and he reminds me that when we cry unto him, no matter the circumstance, no matter what he allowed in his heart of love, loving kindness and goodness to us, that when we come to that place, he's ready to hear our cry. The Bible says in Psalm 34 that the righteous cry unto the Lord and he delivers them out of all their afflictions. We who know the Lord can come boldly before the throne of grace of our heavenly Father who loves us. The more I go in this Christian life and this walk with the Lord, I understand his heart for me. I'm seeing the heart of God. The mind of God. We, we make it so about the outward, the external, and what we do and don't do. And sometimes it's, it's like all kinds of regulations and all kinds of restrictions. And, and, and we think the Christian life is all about what we do and don't do and who we're affiliated with and, and how much better than we are than others in comparison to where they seem to be in life. And yet God wants to take us deeper than that. Deeper into his heart a heart of genuine love that looks beyond the fault, looks beyond the weakness, looks beyond the vulnerability. And when we cry unto him, it's just like a mother hearing the cry of a child. I want to tell you, if there's ever any mother who has the most amazing ears and can hear the slightest whimper of a child, it's my wife, Rebecca. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? What? Oh, that's one of the children. And mothers understand that there are different cries in different times and situations, right? And you know when it's a fussing cry, and you know when it's a hurting cry or a hungry cry. God knows the cry of his children. Then, I, I don't know where you're at today, but... God hasn't forsaken you, and God never will. You may have stumbled, you may have fumbled, dropped the ball in some area of your life, and who among us doesn't? But there's a God in heaven who awaits and welcomes your cry. Oh, God, have mercy upon me. Look to God in your trial and learn of his goodness by crying out to him in times of distress. Number two, by trusting him to intervene. I remember there's times when I've told Rebecca, I said, we were hit with something out of the blue. And I said, she said, what are we going to do? I said, well, right now I'm going to look for God in this. Lord, where are you at? What are you doing? What are you trying to teach me? By faith. I'm going to deal with it by faith. You say, how do you look for God? Through his word. I'm going to get along with God and I'm going to get in his word and I'm going to try to find his mind and see his heart in what he's allowed in our lives circumstantially. Lord, I, I'm willing to trust you through this. Lord, I'm willing to help you. I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Oh, help me, Lord. Trusting God to intervene. Job, we remember the heartaches, the sorrows, the unbelievable loss. We cannot even imagine. But he declared in Job 26 and verse 14, these are but parts of his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. They're not our ways. 
they're even past understanding, but we can get an insight as to how God sees things and how God works and what His ways are through His Word. So we have to learn to trust His heart. When we can't trace His hand, we do trust His heart because we know that this is the way God works. Now, when you think about it, consider this, and I hope you'll jot this down. By trusting God to intervene, according to verses 3 through 7, he takes us out so he can take us into. God may be working in your life and you're like, wow, I just don't know what's going on here. And and it seems like so many things are fading in uh, the past of my life or maybe God is closing that chapter. God will never close one chapter of your life without opening another chapter before you. That's why he's going to bring you through that circumstance to teach you and to show you not only where you are, but what he's doing. Providentially, he's still in charge. He's still in control of your life. So you've got to understand, he says in verse number 3, and he gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and the north and the south, the four corners of the earth. They wandered in the wilderness and in the solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Verse number 12 says of the last part, there was none to help them, nowhere, nowhere to put your roots down, nobody there to help. I mean, you think about being in that kind of circumstance, is God still good? Is God still in control? Does God still love you? Is God still working on your behalf? Yes, he is. Hungry and thirsty, verse 5, they're so fainted in them. Literally, the word is they were clothed with languishing. They were overwhelmed, just By degree, they were fainting, struggling, falling behind, hungry and thirsty. Think about that, dying by degree. You may be doing that physically, but most of us have physical provisions. But sometimes this can really come to bear in our hearts and our minds. In in our hearts, we're dying by degree. I mean, little by little, we're losing heart. We're losing our way. And even in the midst of that, the Bible says, then, there it is, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to. Do you see that? Out of, verse 3, go to, verse 7, go to a city of habitation a place to where he had chosen for them, a place to where he would establish them. Ultimately, it speaks of the place of heaven, our ultimate abode, our reward, a place of absolute peace and rest. But God has a place. God has a rest for us. And we trust him for that. We get anxious, I know, when we're in between or when we're not sure what God is doing and how God is leading, but we'll always know that God will not close one chapter without opening another. God will not take us out of something without taking us into and towards something next. God is always at work every step, every stage of our lives. He takes us out so he can take us in. He binds us so he can loosen us. These are the ways of God. If you will observe these according to verse 43, the word observe is to just really take to heart, to attend to, to look at with real consideration and open-mindedness. Observe this. Take it to heart. You will see as you narrow down on this and think it through, this is actually how God works. This is God's goodness in my life. Well, verse 10 says, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being what? 
bound in affliction and iron. What does he do to those people? Verse 16, for he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Amazing, isn't it? He binds us so he can loosen us. Maybe you're bound up today. You think, Lord, I, I just can't get out. I can't go forth. I, I don't know what to do. Don't look for a false freedom. Now you can say, I'm going to break out of this. Don't leave God out. Because you may go from one bondage into a total different realm of bondage that is far worse than where you're at right now. Trust God if it seems like you're shut up. Even Jeremiah felt that way in Lamentations chapter 3. I mean, I, I, I don't know where the Lord is. I don't know what he's doing. Job felt that way. He said, I'm looking for him. I can't find him. I, I, I'm just bound here. I'm shut up. I'm shut in. God's still God and still in control when he allows that in our lives. He's trying to bring you to the end of yourself. He's doing that for us all. We're so proud. We're so self-willed. We're so idealistic. If God is going to do it this way, that way, and the other way, then he's good in my life. But what is this? I didn't expect this. I didn't want this. This is beneath me. What did I do to deserve this? And you think all of this is so unnecessary, but yet this is the loving kindness of God in your life. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Deal with your trial in faith. Trust God for it. We don't know what we're going to be hit with, what we're going to be caught off guard with. Sometimes we have it so much better than we even realize. Sometimes you just got to stop and thank God for what you do have. You think, oh, it could be so much better though. Oh, you better be careful because it could be so much worse. Oh, how proud we are. How ungrateful we are. How presuming upon the Lord. David said, Lord, keep me back from presumptuous sins. Things that I expect you to do. Because in one sense, you are indebted to me, God. You owe me. I'm trying to do right. I bore this in faith. I suffered uh, in that regard or I sacrificed and, and I was willing to forgo the other in, in this realm of my life. And so, Lord, you owe me. Now, we'd never say that. But let's be honest, we do struggle with that at times. That is our humanity. I'm trying to do what's right. I mean, the more I do what's right, the worse it gets. I'm trying to hold it all together, and the more I try to follow the Lord, the more it comes apart. What in the world is this? Oh, we have to humble ourselves, deal with it in faith. He takes us out so he can take us into he binds us so he can loosen us. He brings us down so he can lift us up. Verse 12 through 14. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor and they fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands asunder. There it is. He bound them so he could loosen them. He brought them down so he can lift them up. This is the working of God. This is the loving kindness of God. Don't miss it. In our pride, in our failure to understand the ways of God, if we're not careful, we can charge God foolishly and say, 
I don't know where I missed it, or I don't know what God is up to, but I'll tell you, I don't deserve this. I don't appreciate this. I don't want this. I'll figure it out, and I'll fix it myself. You talk about going from the frying pan of trial into the fire. God, help us to humble ourselves and say, Lord, you do all things well. God commands the storms of life so he can calm them. Amazing, verse 25. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. Think about it. God commands the storm. It means to speak with authority and power. Even the winds and the waves obey him, they said of Christ, right? So he commands this storm and and it just melts the hearts of those in the storm to soften, to faint. It's like literally melted to just flow down. It's just every bit of heart and courage and strength I had is just, it's gone. Their heart is melted. They reel to and fro, and that may be where some of us are today, and they stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Their wit's end. That means I don't have any clue where to turn or what to do. There's no knowledge. There's no understanding. It just doesn't make sense. Someone said that wit's end is where God lives. I'm glad he does, aren't you? He's there waiting for us when we come to the end of ourselves, even sometimes to the end of our senses. God, this just doesn't compute, Lord. It truly doesn't make sense. Why would you allow this in my life? I'm trying to do what's right. I told you before in my youthful zeal years ago on my knees out in the chapel, I said, Lord, as best I know, I love you. And if you're allowing this in my life so I would love you more, I don't know that I could love you more. So if I were you, Lord, I wouldn't be doing this to me. Can you imagine that? But it was in my lack of understanding, you see. I I was trying to learn of God, but I needed to learn that much more of how he works in our lives because I thought if I'm doing right, then that means God's going to bless me and blessing only looks like blessing. It doesn't look like a storm. It doesn't look like being bound up or I I can't get out or can't figure my way or find my way. It doesn't look like God is just kind of taking me somewhere and I don't know where I'm going and what I'm doing. I have to just trust him through that. It doesn't look like that in my mind. That's not blessing, is it? Well, according to God's take on the matter and his word here, that is blessing. See, it requires faith. This is a walk of faith. The just shall live by faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. He commands the storm so he can calm the storm. Verse 28, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a what? Calm, underline it there. Draw a line from commandeth in verse 25 to calm in verse 29. God calms the storm. So the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. (laughs) So he bringeth them unto their desired haven, their harbor, their refuge. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is as a tree of life. Isn't that amazing? I don't know what God's allowing in your life right now, 
But you may think, here will be my rest. Here will be my refuge. Uh, as I get to this circumstance and, and I get to uh, this place beyond the storm. Remember when the storm hit for Paul and those aboard that ship in Acts 27? They got all turned around in the storm. And instead of ending up where they set sail for, they ended up on a totally different island, Melita. Think of that. And the people there were just amazed when they came ashore. And yet God demonstrated his power through the Apostle Paul to those in that place. It was a totally different place. They didn't even have it in their minds. And maybe God has allowed a storm to come into your life that's kind of blown you off course into a different direction and you have ended in a place to where it's like, what? If you would ask me a while back, it would have never been in my mind that I would be in this place circumstantially. But yet here God has led. And where God guides us, God guards us and God gives us what we need. He provides for us and he protects us. We can trust God is the point here. Look for God by faith. Lord, what are your ways here? What are, what are you trying to teach me? Could it be that you've allowed the storm, that you are redirecting my steps and my faults, Lord? Is this what you're doing? And oftentimes as we seek God, we not only understand that he's calmed or he's commanded this storm, but he's calmed the storm. And now as the clouds disperse, the light of understanding shines through. Wow. God diminishes us so he can replenish us and multiply us. Verse 33, he turneth rivers into a wilderness and water springs into a dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. Sometimes it's because of our sins. Sometimes it's because of God's purifying us and, and perfecting our faith and making us more into the image of Christ. But whatever the reason, God is just and God knows what he's doing and where we're at. But God literally sometimes dries up the places or the circumstances of our lives. A fruitful land into barrenness, it says here. Think of that, barrenness. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. He dries it up so he can... Water it. He knows what he's doing. Verse 36, And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. And sow the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. There it is. He blesseth them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. There's times when God diminishes us. There are times when he replenishes us. Again, verse 39, underline that. Don't miss that word again. You say, wow, I finally survived and made it out of that trial. That won't be your last trial. You say, well, hey, God kind of emptied me out. God diminished me. But then in his time, look how he blessed me and replenished me. Well, God is still going to prove us. God is still going to perfect our faith. God is still working because the word here, underline it, don't miss it. Again, they are what? Minished and brought Low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. So many things don't look providential. It doesn't look like God, but it is of God. The sorrows of life, the oppression, which would include the oppressors, 
the sorrows, the disappointments, the setbacks of life. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander, verse 40, in the wilderness where there is no way. Think about it. I mean, there was just no city to dwell in. There was none to help and there was no way in these different scenarios. Nowhere to turn but to the Lord. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. Wow. Don't give up on the Lord. He may have emptied you out. He may have allowed things to be diminished in your life. But if you will humble yourself and trust him, even cry out to him in such a time, God can replenish you and multiply things to you far beyond you could ever ask or think. This is the great God whom we serve. The mystery of the mind of God, we don't always know, but he reveals it enough to us here to know that he is trustworthy and his ways are higher than our ways. They're better than our ways. So we look for God in our trials by faith through his word. We learn of his goodness in the ways that he works by crying out to him in times of distress, by trusting him to intervene, and then number three, by praising him for his goodness. When he does intervene, just praise him. Oh, and by the way, you won't be able to help but praise him. When God comes through and the pressure's relieved, (laughs) And God has given clear light and direction. The the relief, you won't be able to help yourself but to say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is wonderful. It's almost like I get to live all over again. Have you thought it was... You were finished, it was over, and and you would never live to see the light of another day. But yet in the midst of all that, God somehow gave you faith and gave you grace to keep going. And then one day, the tide changes. And then God brings in his blessing of deliverance. I'll tell you, You never know what God's going to do. That's why we have to trust him in season, out of season, when it makes sense, when it doesn't, when it's coming together, when it's coming apart. Whatever we're facing, we can trust our Heavenly Father. And when we trust him, he will honor the faith of his children, and then we won't be able to help but praise him and thank him. Verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, verse 31, all that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men beyond description, beyond full comprehension, beyond human ability. It's something only God who is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace, the everlasting father. It's something only he can do. Isn't that wonderful? Now that's the God we're serving today. That's the God who says all things are possible. That's the God who said there's nothing too hard for me. That's the God who says come boldly, come with confidence and courage unto my throne of grace. There you'll find mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. Call unto me and I will answer thee. If we look by faith to God for his goodness in our trials, we will find him.
Isaiah 55 and verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. If you'll seek the Lord, you'll find him. And here's the good news. You'll also find that he's never lost you. He didn't have to look for you. He knew where you were all along. He held to you the whole time. He never let you go because he said he never would. I will never leave you. He's a God that we can trust. The sweet psalmist of Israel declared, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God created all things and declared that they were good in the beginning. All goodness proceeds from the one who is goodness himself. David was a man after God's own heart. He had a heart to know the Lord and to make him known. He faced many challenges, including, think of this, being pursued by 30,000 soldiers of King Saul at one time. But amidst all the troubles and challenges and trials, he found that the Lord was his shepherd. He knew he'd have no need for anything. God would be faithful to him. He said, I shall not want. The shepherd this morning is present to provide and protect us. He will care for every hurt and heal every bruise. One day, get this, you will look back at your life and see that it was filled with goodness and mercy. You'll look back. God's been good. He's been so merciful. I've lived that. So many of us have lived that, have we not? Even through the times of trial and trouble in the valleys, God is good. If life is difficult today, just keep following the shepherd. He will never lead you where he cannot care for you. There's a God in heaven and he's at work in your life. Trust him. Come what may. And oh, how the circumstances of life can ebb and flow, twist and turn. It's even like a roller coaster at times. Sometimes you're holding on for dear life, but if you hold to the promise of God, you will find the God of the promise holding to you. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.